And the clap means we're live. Marcus Case, episode nine of the Who's Your Agent podcast. We appreciate you being here today, Marcus. Thanks for having me. Of course. I had to bribe you with a Chick-fil-A burrito and a Diet Coke, but we're here nonetheless. It worked. Now, I have to be honest. Before we get into everything, you're a first for us. And and you are the first individual that I think has ever posted a video of them being open hand slapped by your mom <laughs> as a grown man. <laughs> Care to comment on that? Um, Because she's also your business partner. Yes, I work with my mom. It yeah. was the first. It was the first time I've been slapped. And that's the look the on surprise. your face, I'm probably going to link it just so you're aware. Like, I'm probably going to include it in the video. But your face, I, I, anytime you reshare it, I always, I always watch it a handful of times. It's because I was in stop traffic and I wrote an offer, which got <laughs> accepted. And I told her that I wrote it and she slapped me. Out of happiness? No. She was pissed that I was... Worse than texting and driving, I was writing an offer and driving. You got the deal done. Doesn't matter to Peggy. Huh. And that's the kind of agent that Marcus Case is. I guess. He gets the deal done. <laughs> okay, well, where we, uh, that's not normally where we like to start the show, but where we do normally like to start it is, is we want to go back to the beginning of where you were at in your life before you started real estate and what that looked like. What I'm learning is that uh, oftentimes how you started, why you started, where you were when you got started transitions a lot and your business kind of has a lot of those truths still in it later on in the business. So walk us through where you were at, how old you were, some of those different things, kind of running through what your life looked like when you jumped into real estate. Yeah, when I, uh, I guess first when I got home from my mission, I went to BYU, played football there. Uh, first spring ball, tore my hamstring, couldn't play anymore. Um, so then I decided to do summer sales. I had a lot of friends on my cousins did summer sales. So I did that for three years and I just hated going out every summer. What were you selling? I sold direct TV. Okay. Which was good. Better than alarms. I feel like, but I just hated leaving every summer, having to start dating again and everything. All the girls that were there when you first left or married when you get back <laughs> in Utah. So, um, yeah, so I did that for three years and then my mom, she started real estate four years before I did. And she was like, Hey, I need help. And I was like, I guess this is a good transition to stay home and doing it. So I did my other job. I, I still sold uh, DirecTV, but then I said, I want to get into real estate as well. So so what made you, was it just was it just the, the fact that your mom was in it? What, like, what else was, like, attractive to you about real estate ultimately? Because, I I, like, you're jump, you jumped into it, and you jumped into it with both feet, I think. Like, uh, you, you've done incredibly well for yourself in the couple of years that you've been doing it. I've known you for, I think, a lot of those years that you've been selling. And you've done an unbelievable job of building an unbelievable client base, right? So what what was it about real estate that, like, it made you give up the summer sales, right? Uh, I think at first it was just being able to stay home. I didn't really understand real estate. I didn't own real estate. Like, I owned a condo with my mom and everything, but I didn't quite grasp it I just thought oh this is a good way to make money and to stay home but then as I learned from my mom I was like this is the money is like a byproduct but being able to help people it was really fun and all my friends were coming to me and I'm like this is the funnest thing I get to help all my friends and I get to get paid for it it's great well we talked a little bit about about this when we were eating breakfast but you you said that your mom was cutting hair for for 35 35 years. years and then eventually switched so that had to have like piqued your attention a little bit right yeah, and like, I don't know, she cut hair for 35 years, I thought she was a great hair cutter, but then I saw her move into real estate and she just killed it, and I'm like, wow, she is doing fantastic, and she cut hair for 35 years. I haven't really had a real job, maybe I'll do decent too. So what? at what point were you like, okay, 
this is sweet. Like, at what point were you like, okay, summer sales is done. This is who Marcus Case is now is, is a real estate agent. Dude, probably after my first year, I, like, doubled whatever I'd made in one summer doing summer sales. And I'm like, dude, this, is, this ain't too bad of a gig. I get to stay home and show all my friends' houses. This is awesome. Yeah. No, I, I love that because it's – it's either what you're going to or where you're coming from. And I think for you, it was probably like what you were, what you were leaving, right? What would you say that you brought over with you from summer sales? Cause I don't think that that time was wasted, right? No, I think talking to people um, probably was the number one thing. Uh, I don't feel like our job is salesy. Yeah. I mean, we show people something that they want and we just facilitate that and we help them, you know, direct the path of the way that they get into their house. Um, but talking to people, rejection, you still get rejected this job, people burning in this job. So I think just, just being able to push forward in summer sales every day helped me in this job tremendously. Do you miss it at all? No. <laughs> You're over it? Yeah. You're past it? I couldn't go out and knock a door today. So at what point then were you like, okay real estate's it like it was it after that first year where you're like oh, were you kind of doing both or what what did that timeline look like um i told myself after i did four sales i'd quit my other job and i did that like in the second month and then after that i said this is it there's no turning back i'm not going back to sit at the desk and sell direct tv over the phone like i'm i'm in it what would you say you learned in those first four transactions because you said you didn't know a ton getting into it, right? So what was it about those first four transactions? Like, what was that number? Was it was it tied to the money? Was it like, was that like proving to yourself that you can do it? Yeah, it was tied to the money. And in the first four, I mean, one of the first kids I showed 30 houses to. The second one, the day before closing, he ended up going to jail. And we had to figure <laughs> that out. So I feel like I had some of my hardest things happen in those first four deals. And the money was enough that I could say, okay, if I can do this every couple months, I, I don't have to go get a real job again. So what did then, uh, how did you guys kind of set up your business, right? You said that your mom was the one that pulled you over into this just a little bit. How did you guys set it up? How was it, uh, how was, how were those first kind of, how did those first couple of years go to the point where now you get slapped because you're sending offers in traffic? Oh man, it's, a, it's ever evolving. Like when we started out, she was like such a big help. Like she put me on a couple of the first deals with her, which I thought was awesome. I didn't really do Shout much. out Peggy. Yeah, shout out Peggy. I didn't really know what I was doing. And she's like, hey, you're my son. You need a little bit of money. I'll put you on some of these deals. Um, but we do a lot together. If we know people together, we'll do it together. Family members, we do it together. Any referrals that we both get off social media are generated that way, we do it together. But if it's, you know, her friend that I have no idea who she is or one of the ladies she cut hair for, she does that deal. If it's one of my friends from school... I'll do that deal. So it just, it works out. We just, we figure it out as we go. What would you say part of like the biggest learning curve was for you in those first couple of years? Oh man, probably the biggest at the first year was that it wasn't a sale. I didn't have to sell people. I didn't have to walk in and say, these are all the great things about the house. I'd watch my mom and she'd be like, this sucks. This sucks. This carpet needs to be replaced. And I'm like, okay, I'm not selling it. I'm really trying to get them into the best home that they can. So that was the biggest change. It went from sales to I am helping this person. Yeah, and does that resonate with you better? Oh, a lot Like who you are as a person? Yeah, I, I, I tell, my mom would always tell people, she said, if you were my son or daughter, I wouldn't let you buy this house. And I think about that now. I'm like, if you're really my friend, I'm not going to put you in a shizzy situation just so you can... Just so that you can get a paycheck. Yeah, just so I can get paid. I don't care about that anymore. It's just I want to get them the best house, the best investment um, possible. And if I get paid, great. If they don't end up buying anything, 
Doesn't matter to me. Yeah, so I, it, it, it's tough because, like, I, I know you, and so, like, I, I don't want to ask questions like trying to get an, an answer out of you, but what would you say is kind of the most important part uh, of a transaction for you? Because I, I think that you're one of those people that loves real estate. Like, I think now, like, you're hooked, and I think that this is this is what you do every day. This is just as much a part of who you are as as your wife is and as your relationship with her, right? So what... Tell us a little bit more about that. I mean, I think there's some part of getting a deal or winning uh, if there's other offers. But just, I always tell people if the numbers make sense, it makes sense. So if we go find something and we can get it for under market value or if we can get a good deal and we can value add or you can put renters in there. I think just showing people what real estate can do for them, it really excites me because I know what it's done for me with rentals and buying stuff and selling stuff. So, well, how, so yeah, how have you approached real estate then in your own personal life? Yeah, so we've we have five. Because you're young, and yeah. you're young, and you got you have a lot going. Yeah, so we have five rentals. So I, I bought the first condo, moved into. How old were you? Twenty five. Okay, so just four years ago. So bought the first condo, lived in it. Bought a second one, rented it out. Thought that was pretty cool. So then I bought a townhome in American Fork, and then I bought another townhome. Then we bought a house that we rent to a sober living company. Um, and then we're doing a flip right now. Um, I think we're going to end up keeping it. We're just taking it from three bedrooms to eight bedrooms. But I, I've seen what it's done for me and how great it is. So I just want everybody to have that same excitement about real estate. Yeah, and uh, so what would you say that you do to help people see that? Because that it, sometimes it's tough, and I, especially right now, right, there's a lot of buyer fatigue in the market. And I know that you work a lot with buyers, so that's kind of why I want to hit on that just a little bit. But I feel like there's a lot of buyer fatigue in the market right now. I feel like there's the, the buyers have just kind of been used and abused over the last couple of years. And they've been told if you don't want this house, that's okay. There's 15 other people behind you that are literally coming right after you to come and buy this house. Right. So what would you say that you do specifically with buyers that help them feel comfort? And, and not only that, but how, how help them feel excited about the process? Yeah, I'd say first we, we set expectations. It's not to, to get them down, but we say, Hey, look at this. Like most buyers will look at six houses in this market before they buy something. So just be prepared for the long run. But we try to make it fun along the way. Like we, we send them cookies, we send them flowers, we send them notes, we send them all this stuff just to keep them going along the way. Cause it does stink when you lose out, you know, 20 times. It's not easy. No, no, it sucks. And so we try to make it as fun as possible. I feel like me and my mom both do a good job when we do the showings to keep them excited, give them hope, say, Hey, we're going to find something. But really, I say, hey, if you really want this, instead of looking at six to 20 houses, do these things. We've sold hundreds of homes. If you do these things, you have a higher percentage of getting it. So let's just get it now instead of look at 20 of them and get, get it on the 20th after you do what we said to do. Yeah, and would you say that that's a hard conversation or is that just like the reality of where stuff's at? No, it's a hard conversation, but Peggy's better at it than I am. She, she <laughs> you you let her afraid. have the hard conversations? Dude, it's tough. Like, I don't want to, I don't ever want to feel pushy. So when I tell somebody, I said, hey, you got to have your earnest money go non-refundable sooner. Or, hey, you have to tighten up those dates. Like, hey, we have to do this. Like, it, it, I don't ever want to feel pushy, but it's just the, it's the reality of the market right now. How do you feel like that's changing right now? I mean, if I just look at numbers, I mean, we've gone from 2,000 houses on the MLS to 5,500 houses. So I think interest rates have slowed that down, which I think if buyers can still make the payments make sense, they have a lot better chance right now of getting into something that they like. Do you think that it continues? Like, what, where do you foresee the market going? Man, that's a great question. Like, what are you counseling buyers on today? 
Um, like I said, if, if it makes sense, then do it. Like if you need a house, like let's go find the best house. Um, I don't say just buy the first thing you see just because you're worried, because I think it's going to be a different market for the next little bit with interest rates being that high. I think it's going to be a slowdown for a minute, but then I think when people realize it's not going back down, they're just going to keep grabbing. So I say, let's, let's just move forward as usual and let's get into something, but let's not wait. Yeah, no, I love that. Cause that's, the reality of the situation currently as it's as it's it, it honestly I, i've been saying this quite a bit lately is that it feels a lot like what happened when COVID hit right COVID hit in march of 2020 and there was kind of like that 60 to 90 day window that we all thought we were getting new jobs yeah that everybody's like what what's going on what is this and i remember like in april edge started to roll out some incentives march or may they started to roll out some incentives june they started to have the, some of those same incentives and all of a sudden by july it's like what are we incentivizing, right? Because all everybody, I think, sat for those ninety days. Like, is the world falling apart? Is the stock market collapsing? Is is everybody about to die? Are we about to have a, uh, like, how, how serious is this? And then once they realized what the new normal looked like, everybody went right back to where they were. And I feel like going back to what you were saying about interest rates going up, inventory going up, the market that we've been living in for the last couple of years has also been just as not normal as what everybody's expecting this market to now go to, right? If you look at, I think a 5% interest rate over the last 10 year average is significantly more normal than a two year or a 2% interest mm -hmm. rate. For right? sure. What, uh, who would you describe as like your perfect avatar buyer? Who would you say like, if this person is out there listening right now, they don't have a choice. They got to call Marcus case. I would say somebody probably our age, and it might be their first or second house. Um, they kind of think like us, like I think of this as an investment. You know, maybe I'm buying a townhome, I'm renting out to my friends because I'm single. I think that's the perfect person who wants to house hack or learn how to invest and maybe live in it for a while. I feel like I have more of those than anything else. So probably more of people that are buying it to live in to turn it into investment than Straight up, I'm just buying this for an investment property. So how how do you and I, and I love what you said because I think you and I have had a, and we've talked a lot of we've had a lot of conversations about that about and we've both I think used the exact same strategy of move in, put a minimum amount down, move out, put renters in, offset that payment, get another one, right? What would you say to to the people that are saying, you know what, I want to save up for my dream home, right? Because I'm I'm guessing the condo that you bought, not your dream home, the townhomes that you bought, not your dream home, even the house you just closed on in South County last year. Probably not your dream home, right? Yeah, no. I think you just need to get into the game. Like, people sit there and wait. I had one kid. He's like, I'm going to save up 20%. Well, he called me a year later, and he goes, dude, houses have gone up hundred grand. My 20% isn't quite 20% of what I want anymore. You can't out-save appreciation. And we've been seeing a market that's been appreciating like crazy. So I think it's better to get into something with 5% down and watch it appreciate. It just hedges your, it hedges your bets. Your cash-on-cash -cash returns are unreal. Like, I think my first place I put, like, 14 grand down on and it. And your purchase and price was? 225. Do you know your monthly payment off the top of your head? It's 1203. And you're renting it out for? 1700. Okay. And on your second one? The second one is probably the best one I ever did. I put six grand down on it. I rent it for 2650 a month and my payment's 1400. Where's that? Vineyard. Ooh, the town, town home. home. Yeah. And then you lived in it for a while too, right? Yeah, like lived, that's the other I lived part in of it for too. a year. I lived in it for a year and then I, I, I moved to the next one. And, and none of those you would say are your dream home? No. The house I'm in now, um, it stretched me. You know, it was like 500 
and $70,000. And I'm like, what am I doing buying a half million dollar home? Well, the house down the street for me, same floor plan, just sold for nine fifty. So I'm like, it's just a great vehicle. And it hedges your bets. If you're living in it, you need a place to stay anyways. If it happens to go up, great. If you want to use the equity, great. If you want to sell it and use the equity, even better. No, I love that because that's that that I think is like the big conversation right now for people that are realizing, okay, even though there is more inventory and it might be easier to get a house, affordability is in just as bad of a position as it was a year ago because those interest rates have gone up. Oh, if and, not worse, yeah. Well, yeah, and so like people are going to have to figure out how to sacrifice on something, I think, right now. Yeah, for right? sure, 100%. Uh, we touched on this a little bit earlier, but what what does it look like? What does it feel like? to to be a client of yours right what does that look like to have peggy and marcus case working for you and with you on a home purchase or sale i think it's great to have a team and i know there there are large teams in the states you know we're a two-person team but we pull in assistants we pull in other people to help us other people to help us with the showings so it's knowing that if we're ever gone you know the train keeps going if i go on vacation Peggy's there. If we both go on vacation, you know, our assistant Roxanne is there. There's somebody all the time to take care of you. And I think that's what people want. I think they want to be, not have their hand held, but they want to have somebody who knows what they're doing, leading them into their house. And that's what the case team provides is that we're always, it's probably to a fault. We're always available. You can call us at any time. You can text me at any time. Sadly, I'll Is your wife okay with you putting that out there? Uh, no, you might have to take that part out. <laughs> hey, Connor, can we just that portion? Yeah. But I think, I think that's especially in the market that we are currently in, right? If you don't have a team that's, or at least an agent that is, that is, I, I don't want cause I don't think you have to be on a team in order to be successful. But I do think that if you are wanting to see success, if you're wanting to have, if you're not wanting to just get bulldozed in the market right now, you have to have that team. Oh yeah. You have to have a support group. Like the number of transactions, like we did, I think, 140 transactions last Good year. Good for you guys. That's yeah. impressive. And it, it is almost humanly impossible for somebody to do even half of that by themselves. But when you have support of other people, the support of our brokerage, I think that's the only way you can do it. And I think being a one-man show is tough. You need to realize you have to bring people on to help you out. What would you say is, has like been your focus as a team to make the process better for buyers and sellers? Man, really just getting our systems down. Like, we've really stunk at that. Like, getting them into a CRM, texting them when it's their birthday or their one-year anniversary. I think that's huge for people to be remembered because I feel like I'm best friends with all well, my that's, clients. And it's interesting that you say that because, I like, knowing you, I think that that's something that's really, really important to you. But that's also one of the first things to go when you start doing 140 oh, transactions a year, right? Yeah, because I feel like everybody's my best friend. I get a new friend when I meet them. We meet and see 30 houses together, and then... They close and it's like, I don't have time Friendship to take care over. of you. Yeah, it sucks. Yeah. It's the worst part of it because I love everybody. But um, I need to be better at having those systems, setting up barriers so I can take care of those people. So we're trying to implement more client appreciation parties, dinners, just so we can hang out with, with all of our friends. Yeah, and not even like to sell more houses, but to, but to make sure that those relationships continue. Yeah, I really enjoy them. Like I have met some of my best friends like through real estate that we still hang out and do stuff with that I never would have met if it would have been through this job. Yeah, that's perfect. I love that. Uh, who are you? Because I, I, I think it's so important for people to understand who you are outside of real estate. Because I, I know that that's a big portion of your life. But who are you outside of real estate? What's important to you? Because just like we said at the very beginning, I think the things that push you into real estate 
are, are huge indicators for what your business is going to be like. But I also think who you are outside of real estate is the exact same thing. It's kind of the opposite bookend, right? Yeah, for sure. And like when I started real estate, I wasn't married. But then once I got married, I'm like, okay, my wife, Devony, like that's my Shout wife. Shout out Devony. Shout out Devony. That's who I like to hang out with if I have time. I don't do as good as, it, as I should, but love hanging out with her. Uh, love snowmobiling, love riding horses, uh, just being outdoors if I can. If it's if it's an option. If it's an option. But that's I'd, also part of that's going back to what you said about having a team working for you. That's what allows you that flexibility, I'm sure, right? Yeah, and that's and that's why I got into real estate. I'm like, oh, dude, I'll be able to go ride horses whenever I want. I'll be able to snowmobile I'll whenever I want. I'll be my old boss. I'll be, yeah. And we got so busy that we never got to do any of the things that we loved. So now implementing, you know, systems, I'm trying to be able to go out and do more stuff that I love. Well, perfect. What is, I, I always try to ask, what is one piece of advice that you have for buyers? Okay, stop. We're going to stop right there, actually, really quick. Perfect timing. Sometimes these cameras will just shut off. Did you just say you wanted me to shut the audio off or no? Okay. Sometimes one of them just shuts off. Yeah, and then like we have to do some crazy. It's just annoying. Yeah, how do you go back? You don't. That's the thing. Like that's that's what I like. All of this content stuff has been a lot of fun for me to learn just because it's very different than real estate. Real estate, you mess up. You good? Okay. On real estate, if you mess something up, you can kind of come back from it, right? And especially with you, people like you and I, who I think try to build that relationship with people, you can kind of come back and make a mistake and say, I'm sorry, I messed up. I missed this. Let's, this is how we're going to make this situation better. With content, it's gone. Yeah, dude. The, the con- moment the continuity's gone. gone. The you moment's gone. Yeah, you can't. Well, you can't go back and film an event. You can't go back and film a clip that you said, right? It's like, wait, what did you say? Like, I don't remember, but it was great. Huh? I'm like, yeah, well, sorry. The camera yeah. sucks. So yeah, it's been a lot of fun getting to know that. Um, where were we? Oh yeah. <clears throat> well, I, one of the questions that I absolutely love asking people is I'm huge on, on creating value, right? I'm huge on giving away value for free at times. And, and you've sold houses with me, so you've heard me say this, but I always love to tell people, even if you don't buy a house from me, at least buy something. What advice would you give to anybody that's listening, getting ready to either buy or sell a house, even if they don't use Marcus Case, even if they don't use the Case team, which would be a huge mistake, but even if they don't, what would be one piece of advice that you give to people currently? Man, everybody says, you know, just, you know, don't wait to buy real estate, but buy real estate and wait. And I think that's huge. Like, I mean, we've only been in this for, you know, less than 10 years. Yeah. We had a lot of life left ahead. If you buy a house, the market goes down. Guess what? In 10 years, it's going to be back up. So I would get into something. I would sell something. I'd get your money. I would just, I wouldn't wait to play the game. I'd get in the game and then play the game. And then play the waiting game. Yeah, play the waiting game. Play whatever game. Play the equity game. Take money out. There's a lot you can do with real estate that you can't do with any other investment vehicle. But you can only do it if you own the real estate, right? And I think that like that's the important part is that if you don't if you don't have it if you haven't like put down what you need to in order to actually get it locked in, the real estate can't do anything for you, right? No. So that's why you have to get off the bench and, and absolutely jump in. Yeah. Yeah. I think you just need to to be all in. I don't think you should overextend yourself. I never think you should. I don't think you should max out your credit cards to go buy your first house. But if you can do it and you can set a plan forth to make it happen i would do everything i can to make it happen yeah I, I one of the things that i absolutely hate is the term house poor right when people throw that around like oh you're gonna be house poor you're gonna be house poor you're house poor uh, 
well, you're poor, poor because you didn't <laughs> buy a house, right? Like I, I there has I, I've bought six, seven, eight. I don't it's somewhere right around there. It's close to the same amount as you, and every single one of them was a little bit more expensive than the last. Every single one of them made me a little bit more nervous than the last, but there hasn't been a single one that I regretted. Yeah. Right. And I, I so whenever somebody says I, you might be house poor, that money is still yours. The money that you're paying towards your mortgage is still yours. Yeah. It if you goes don't, in, it, it's a bank account, right? You have to look at your house payment as a bank account that you are putting money in every single month. You're just paying your principal down. Right. And, and, and values may change. Equity numbers may change but you're still paying yourself to live versus somebody else. And your payment's fixed. If you're renting, your payment's not fixed. Your landlord can come raise the price $300 and you're paying more than if you would have just bought the house. Well, then not only that, but you paid what for your first house? You said 225 And if you were to sell it today, it would go for? Probably 420 So you would put, in essence, $200,000 into your pocket for choosing to live there for however long you did. Yeah. You're a landlord. Yeah. Have you ever gone back to one of your tenants at the end of the year and be like, hey, my bad. I overcharge you a hundred dollars a month. Here's 1200 bucks. <laughs> no. And it's the worst because every year it's, Hey, I'm going to raise it a hundred bucks, 300 bucks. I, I just raised some girls, 300 bucks. I feel terrible, but, but it, you, it have just, to. you have That's to, that's the market rents. Yeah. You have to stuff goes up. HOA goes up. You have to, you have to be at market rents. Yeah. And, and, and it doesn't matter how nice or kind or loving you think your landlord is. He is not as nice as, as what the real estate market has been. I would say, even when it goes down. Yeah. Not at all. Well, we appreciate you coming on the show. That's that's everything that we have. I, I think that you covered it all really, really well and answered the question if anybody's looking and, and trying to figure out who's their agent, why it should be the case team. Case team. All Hammer down. Hammer, hammer <laughs> down. Let's go. Hey, thanks, man. Appreciate it. Of course, man. Now we have to sit here awkwardly so that it like they can cut the audio and everything. And just <laughs> <laughs> You're the man. <bad. laughs>